Hello and welcome to Innovate to Accelerate, the podcast series giving IT and business leaders inspiration for how to survive and thrive all the while solving key operational challenges. This series is brought to you by CIO in partnership with ServiceNow. In this series, we're tackling how organisations can become more agile and accelerate change through innovation. And for this, we're speaking to those uh, really leading the way, executing digital transformation strategies, using digital workflows to automate legacy systems and process, driving down costs and ultimately ensuring business resilience. In the second episode, we're talking to Capita's Dr. Gronya Watson, who is Director of Automation Practice at Capita. Gronya, thanks for joining me today. Uh, great to be here. Thanks, Doug. Fantastic. Thanks, Gwanya. So in the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to be discussing Capita's most ambitious automation project in the UK. And that's really aiming to help staff work on more value-add tasks, to drive efficiency and also reduce costs as well. And through this, we'll also learn more about Capita's partnership with ServiceNow. But I guess to get started then, Gwanya, uh, or should I say Dr. Watson, uh, thanks for joining me today. Um, I guess to start with, can you just give us a bit of an intro into who Capita is uh, and what it does? Because I think most people are probably aware of the name, but perhaps not as aware of the reach of the organisation. Sure. Um, So I think probably the first thing to say is that there are a few parts of the public life that Capita doesn't touch. So we are the UK's largest BPO, which means that we're involved in a lot of processes that everybody does. So we manage school libraries. We do payroll for NHS dentists. We help the rail network be inspected. I think we do 15,000 kilometres of that. We help monitor London's carbon emissions. So really where we see is our job is connecting businesses and customers with governments and citizens and basically helping things work better. And to do that, really what our drive is on is continuous innovation and consistent innovation. So that means that what we're driving towards all the time is a greater efficiency for everybody. So we want a better user experience and a better customer experience. Mm-hmm. And we'll come on to the, those efficiencies um, and, and in particular that automation project in, in a few m- moments really. But just talk us through a bit about your job within Capital anyway, because it's a very interesting job title. So maybe just give us a bit of a, an idea as to, to your role and, and your function really w- w- inside that organisation. Um, so the automation function within Capita was set up at the beginning of 2019. And the point of that really was Capita is going through still. We're all going through a big transformational project and automation was seen as a central part of that. Um, And I mentioned earlier there for two reasons. Um, One was that we wanted to improve our own user experience for our own staff. And we also want to improve how our services were delivered. So to do that, given the size of our organization, we needed to stand up a very big automation practice. It needed to be robust. You know, we needed to be able to look at all of the three main areas of the business, so operations management, automating how volume processes, and then looking at how and where we deliver those. And so basically it was putting customers at the center of how we deliver and using tech that we felt could be consistently innovative to do so. Mm-hmm. I mean, just on that uh, on that point, uh, Gwanya, I mean, what does that look like in, in practice? Because, you know, I guess automation has become a bit of a buzzword in many respects, especially around that employee experience and uh, in certain ways, freeing up staff to do more value add tasks. So can you just point us to some examples of how that's that's working in, in real life, really? Um, so one of the good examples that we have um, is working with a healthcare provider who has to look at pension entitlements 
And the way the process used to run was that um, a person had to check 82, 82 regional databases um, and collate the information from them. And what that meant was it was extremely manual. It wasn't always particularly accurate and very, very time consuming, which meant there was a poor user experience. There was a high turnover of staff and it also wasn't the greatest experience for customers either. So what we did was we got a bot to do all those manual processes and um, particularly um, checking those 82 regional databases and our efficiency has gone up to 100 and we've managed to cut um, the amount of time it takes by about 50%. Mm -hmm. Purely by what we did there was we augmented what a human did. You know, we took the manual parts away from them and we let them focus on the important bit, which was getting the process done end to end while we took out the manual pieces. And that's what we mean when we say, you know, it's actively transformational and that's why we're trying to be ambitious. We are really trying to put automation in where it needs to be and where it works, not to do a single thing, if you see what I mean, but mm -hmm. to become a pillar of what we do. Yeah, that makes sense. And we'll come on to the ambition in a moment because you certainly kind of set yourself as an organisation some quite lofty targets, it, it appears. But just talk us for a bit about how the, the automation support model works, I guess, to support those staff and to make sure everything, everything's working coherently, really. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, as I said, continuous innovation was the name of the game. And to do that, um, we implemented an automation support model, which was entirely digital um, and it's first line support. So that service desk is completely digital. It's built on ServiceNow. Um, it's built on customer support management pro with IT service management and IT business management. So all of our initial queries are handled by bots. And it only ever goes to a human engineer if the bot can answer the question. And what we're seeing frequently is that the bot can. Mm -hmm. So Ian Price set that up for us at Capita, and he was absolutely relentless in getting it in and getting it to work. And it really matched with that strategic, um, sorry, with that strategic goal that we had, which was that you know we would automate where possible in order to improve the experience for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, in a second, I'll come on to the business support. So I think that's quite interesting in terms of how, uh, especially given what we're living through at the moment, um, you get support from, from senior leadership. But I think you referenced there a few kind of KPIs or, or what you're looking for in terms of how you can measure how successful this has been. Um, what, what kind of things are you looking out for to see if the automation is, is essentially working for the organisation? So we use real-time metrics that we deliver out of that ServiceNow platform. So you can go on at any point of the day or night. So say you wake up in a cold sweat at 2 a.m. and you want to know what your automations are doing. Mm -hmm. You can log into our portal and you can drill right down into um, how the process is running. You can see if there have been any exceptions. You can drill right down to how much it's costing you per transaction. And it basically just allows for a level of um, consistency that wasn't there with the first generation of automation. So the majority of them were built on premise and that meant that they were actually quite difficult to manage. But because we put ours in the cloud and we use ServiceNow to manage it, we are monitoring that 24-7. So we have the ability and the customer has the ability to go in through our ServiceNow platform and look and see in real time what their automations are doing. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense, especially given the, yeah, I guess that the, the need for that real time is probably more apparent never given but we're where we are with COVID really today I mean just from the, the business support piece Gwanya how did you kind of get the support both top down and, and bottom up for, for a project like this because I think 
automation invariably comes with concerns that, uh, you know, that I guess the headlines are that automation is going to take away everybody's jobs. Um, and then, dare I say it, top down at senior leadership, there isn't always a, a great understanding of the technology, um, especially as we dive into areas like machine learning and, and artificial intelligence as well. Um, and also, you know, we're obviously going through a period here where a number of organizations are cutting budgets, uh, rationalizing their IT estates, or putting projects on hold as well. So how did you, as an organization, kind of counter that or, or tackle that top down and, and bottom up? Um, so we tackled it just as you've said, from the top down and from the bottom up, <laughs> because any other way, we didn't feel as though it was going to work. So our CEO, John Lewis, was very clear with the entire organization that automation was going to be essential to what we did. And he set us a really important target, and that was that every single business unit within Capita by the end of 2020, which, as you know, is in a few months, mm -hmm. by the end of 2020, we would have a live automation working. And the way to achieve that was not merely through technology. It was actually all about how you educate people about what it is that you're trying to do. And a lady called Claire Matthews basically led um, our comms approach to that. And that meant that we, we taught everybody and informed them basically about what automation did. So every manager in Capita has to take an initial course on what automation is, which helps with knowledge. But similarly, every business unit within Capita has an automation champion and they help within their business unit to tell people all about it and help them see the value in it and what it's doing. Similarly, we have monthly um, drop-ins. They used to be, obviously used to be able to do them in person. Now we do them virtually where we give people a tour of the factory, we introduce them to all the technologies that we're using and what they do and how they help them do the job that they're doing. And that has really enabled a culture of education around where everybody understands what we're doing, why we're doing it and how it helps them. And that has been transformative for us. And then similarly, one of the things we also do is every few months we have done type thing for the business units where they come forward with an idea they pitch it and if they're successful we implement it for free oh well okay that's a, I, mean, I guess on that education piece just there i guess that was critical to overcoming some of those myths and misconceptions right because as i mentioned a few minutes ago there, there is that kind of fear um in some quarters that depending on the vertical you're working within that automation could have a negative impact on the job you're doing um in the longer run so i guess that was that must have been a crucial again top down initiative really Absolutely. And um, the thing is, and I think it's true of any kind of new technology that you're trying to implement, if you're clear in your message and you try and bring people along with what you're doing, they will come along. But it's all about, you know, explaining to them why you're doing it and actually making them a part of it. And through all of the education and the outreach that we do, we're continually, you know, bringing in stakeholders to the organization. It's a central tenet now of what we do. And so it's essential that everybody views it as such and understands its importance for them as well. Yeah. And you mentioned ServiceNow and the partnership you've had. Um, can you just talk us through a bit about the partnership and, and ultimately what that's enabled you to do that you wouldn't have otherwise been able to do, really? Um, sure. So in working with ServiceNow, what we wanted, I know I keep saying it, but I keep saying it because it's really important. We wanted to be able to continually and consistently innovate. And we felt like ServiceNow provided us with the best opportunity to do that. Um, the platform has integrity. There's a clear schedule of upgrades coming and more features to unlock. And that means that we can be consistent in what we're building. And as I said, Ian, who built it for us in ServiceNow, 
has been absolutely relentless in his approach to that and ServiceNow have been very helpful as well in bringing that across. Um, and, and just in terms of some of the outcomes, I, mean, I think you, you touched on some of these in terms of improving uh, employee experience, making people work on more value-add tasks. So I guess customer experience, I think you referenced as well. Mm-hmm. What, what for you have been the kind of the biggest outcomes from the project today? And maybe that will come on some of the challenges as well, because I, I can imagine that an implementation like this hasn't been, a, hasn't always been straightforward. <laughs> Um, I'd be lying if I said it was. (laughs) It wasn't, no, but I think what we did, because we did it internally first before we brought it out to customers, was a lot of the pitfalls that we experienced, we experienced ourselves. And as I said, we were very open and honest from the beginning that, you know, this was a new thing for us. We put a lot of governance around it to enable that, but also it meant, you know, there were a few false starts. But once you start working on the processes, I mean, for some things, we have cut um, handling times by 50%. So you can imagine that's absolutely transformative. Similarly, for an insurance company, in working with something um, they were doing, we managed to save them 35,000 um, hours a year in the process that they were doing. So as you can imagine, that is absolutely transformative to an organization if you're freeing up that amount of time. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of uh, advantage there. And I think also separately in the in the case study I saw with ServiceNow, there was kind of other benefits there in terms of lowering costs, reducing errors, um, I guess ensuring compliance as well. Um, uh, in terms of what kind of where you're going next, uh, Guanya, kind of that is a really lofty target, isn't it? 100% of businesses within their capital group, you know, targeted with implementing automation by the end of, uh, of 2020. What, what kind of, obviously that's, as you said, only in a few months time as we record this. So what's over the horizon? Where are you looking to go next um, in terms of, uh, from a business strategy perspective, where are you going next? And I guess how are your partners like ServiceNow going to help you do that? Um, as I said um, at the beginning, that's a good question. Um, but where we're going next is really based on um, where we've come from. It's about continuous and consistent innovation. And I keep saying it because that's essential. To innovate properly, there has to be a level of governance around it to enable it to happen. Um, And ServiceNow have provided us with that consistency that we needed. So we continue to have basically two streams of what we're doing. One is internal and then the other one is external. So we're automating for ourselves, but now we have a real focus as well on bringing that out to the market and helping other customers drive their efficiencies Um, as we've seen as well. So, I mean, we handle 61,000 transactions per week um, through that ServiceNow platform. We have about 35 million end users served every day. So it's just building that and continuing to build it. And we have around 100 people um, who do that daily for us. So it's just about building on that. Fantastic. And and I guess my final question, Gwanya, is you've lived this program uh, which you'll continue to kind of work on. What what advice would you have for others that are kind of looking at implementing such a scheme? What, what have you kind of learned through that process um, that you can kind of hand over to other peers in, in your position, really, IT or, or business leaders? I would say when you're starting, bring in the experts. So we brought in ServiceNow. We brought in um, our other partners um, to help us build what we were building initially. I think going and talking to somebody who has done it before and learning from what they did. I think when we set this up, we'd had a couple of false starts, but their time worked the charm. 
<laughs> and I think that's because we went and we um, we worked with the experts. We listened to them and we tailored what we were trying to do um, along that way. And similarly, education is absolutely essential to something like this. You need everyone's buy-in, not just that top level, not the bottom level. You need everyone and you want it to become a movement from within the organization. And similarly, something that they look at every time they're doing something, you know, can I automate this? Would this be better if we did it this way? And that's the kind of continuous innovation that we're looking to deliver. Fantastic. Thanks, Gwanya. Some really good practical advice to finish on there. So thank you so much for your time today and, and best of luck with the project. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Doug. And of course, thanks to you listeners for tuning in. And be sure to check out our other podcasts in the Innovate to Accelerate series for more insight from other business leaders who are working to solve those key operational challenges with the help of ServiceNow. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. And we'll see you soon.